Let's try that. Okay. This is a test of what? Shuffling noises. Uh, this is a test of the love bug appreciation system. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Ah, my system seems to be working faster than yours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, my system is slow. I haven't right. finished my coffee yet. We'll make do. <laughs> Would you like to enter us? Sure. We, we are. We do have a time crunch. Crunch. Crash. Crispy <clears throat> crunch. Yeah. Much less fun than like a Cap'n Crunch. Yeah, which is um, almost completely recall. Like there's recalls on like the majority of Captain Crunch based products right now for salmonella potential in, in infiltration. What are we talking about? Uh, it's not an infestation. It's not an infiltration. It's a contamination. <laughs> I'm glad you got to the right aviation. So, um, yeah. Just PSA. Don't eat Crap and Crunch. Well, also look at all the rest of the Quaker Oats products that are contaminated because the list is like 49 products long. Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter 8 of The Sea of Monsters. This chapter is called, We Board the Princess Andromeda. I am just some kid who's really having a great time on a cruise ship. I'm I'm having so much fun. Also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. Uh, I of course am a fish pony. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Do you have a name? Well, I'm also known as Chris. Okay. Well, but... I, I, I was going to ask if you were specifically Rainbow. Uh, I'm one of the other ones that doesn't get uh, doesn't get a name. Okay. Representing them. Phew. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, hello. Hello. How are you? I am well. How are you? Good. We're doing an early morning record, um, so Cause I'm not as awake as I usually really am. really important for people to know. Well. <clears throat> I just want to make sure you know that you shouldn't listen to this in the evening or the afternoon when you might expect <laughs> us to be a little more alert, but please, yeah. please listen to this before you've had your coffee, like us. Yes. <laughs> I, was just, I was just saying, if I seem a bit slow or, uh, you know, slow on the uptake, like I, I haven't finished my coffee yet, I'm not fully awake. So, <clears throat> anyway, anyway, we've been doing a lot of uh, Percy Jackson After Dark Nights edition. Yes, our Patreon, Patreon episodes have been going up. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've done this one. It does seem that way. Yep. I appreciate you bringing that up <laughs> well, really people, focusing on our failures the and people that listen to this know how long it's been since we hosted an episode the people who listen to it regularly <laughs> not the people who listen to it with seven other podcasts who are like behind on their podcasts and need to get caught up and we're giving them the chance to get caught up uh-huh. very we're effectively a, we're doing a great service it's here. the beginning of the year yeah like people got new year's resolutions to get caught up on their podcasts of course we're giving a, we, we're taking a little break for two weeks and let letting everybody four weeks I don't know and letting everybody catch up. Mm-hmm. Anywho, look at us being good Samaritans. Yeah, we're doing such a good work for the world. Um, <laughs> now that we've bantered, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> K, 
can we go ahead and podcast? And podcast, yeah. Um, so how do we start this podcast, Kristen? Well, Chris, what we do is we read summaries, which we generated from our brains while reading the book. Yep, this is a morning record. So we uh, read the chapter, and when mm-hmm. we do, we write up a little bullet point summary, a bullet point summary, as some might call it, uh-huh. um, of the plot points of the chapter, and that gives us the chance to kind of give everybody a rundown of what happens in the chapter, and we do it each individually on our own, which is what individually means. Therefore, we have two different perspectives on what happened in the chapter in these bullet point summaries, so you should go ahead and read yours first. <laughs> Will do. Uh, so this is a this is a pretty short chapter, so I don't have that many bullet points. Um, I think It's this a gonna... dense chapter, though. It is. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so my bullet points were as follows. Like Inception for Child Endangerment. Fish ponies. This time we have money. And we have a timeline. Percy Jackson and the ship of monsters? (laughs) Luke alert. Ominous foreshadowing. That's all I got. Such much ominous foreshadowings. Yep. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read mine. Cool. I feel like this chapter really lent itself to the five-sentence summary, the way that we used to do it. Yeah. I feel like this chapter would have really lent itself to that well. If we wanted to do a throwback. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Here's my summary. Run from the harpies to the sea. Poseidon provides Hippocampi to take them to the cruise ship. Tyson makes friends with Rainbow. The smelly, abandoned, empty cruise ship. Tyson smells monsters. Percy feels something familiar. They sleep, and Percy dreams. There are people in trances on the ship. Monsters in the buffet line? Luke is here. Monsters in the Buffet Line was my alternate suggested title for this chapter. Okay. <laughs> because, <laughs> just because of the way that he does his chapters, like We Board the Princess Andromeda was actually like a pretty boring chapter title. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that the fact that it's Andromeda is going to have a lot more to do with this part of the story. Yeah. But that said, it just... I really thought Monsters in the Buffet Line would have been a better chapter title in keeping with Reardon's style of chapter titling. Mm-hmm. Understandable. That's also every buffet ever, though. Like, there's always Monsters in the Buffet Line, no matter where you go. And well, yeah. In... <laughs> Duh. That's why we don't go to buffets. I, we Especially we in a post-COVID landscape. Yeah. We don't go to buffets <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so you read this chapter more recently than I did. Yeah. Um, uh, so if you'd like I've to, I've read this chapter more than once. So if you'd like to lead the discussion on this one, since I'm a little rusty, well, uh, why didn't you re-prepare? Because I spent all night with you last night building a Lego ship. Because <laughs> we needed to build the Phantom <laughs> Two. Yeah. In Lego. 
Yep. It was very important. Uh huh. And we spent so much time trying to put the stickers on. Mm-hmm. For Christmas, Chris got me um, the ghost Lego set, which is the ghost ship, and it has a tiny little phantom, too, that you can, that's the first step is to build the phantom, too. And so we have a complete little phantom, too, that we built. Now we just have to build the rest of the ship, but it took us two hours to build the phantom, too. Yep. <laughs> and it's only like a... One of 13 bags of parts. Anyway, I'm so excited. I'm <laughs> glad. All right. So this chapter uh, starts up where the last one left off, which was with Percy having this conversation with Hermes and getting these um, bags, duffel bags mm-hmm. uh, of prepared goods for the journey as Hermes sends him out on this quest. Yes. And so at the end of the last chapter, we had Hermes show up. And I had some questions about that because we have this kind of set precedent early on in the first book that quests are, like, sponsored by the camp. Uh Uh-huh. And in this moment, we have... Hermes assigning a quest and it's being sponsored kind of by Hermes and Poseidon. Uh-huh. And I was curious if you thought that Tantalus, whether or not you thought Tantalus as camp director had authority to sponsor or reject quests or if quests can only be sponsored by gods, in which case Dionysus is actually the one who's sponsoring the quests that happen from the camp as the actual camp, like, director, leader, god, overseeing it. And that Tantalus actually does, just has a voice in it, doesn't actually have any authority over it. So I was curious, if because my, my initial question was, can Hermes even sponsor a quest? Can Hermes even send somebody on a quest? And it's like, well, obviously he's a god. He can tell people to do something. But this kind of concept of the quest as this sponsored event from the camp that the heroes are kind of assigned on. I was curious if you had any thoughts on that because it just kind of was rattling around in my brain. Uh, I don't think we have any lore um, about who is and isn't allowed to sponsor quests. Yeah, I guess the core question that I have is, can Tantalus actually try to stop them from going on this? Does he actually have the authority to do that? Um, once once Hermes st- steps in and says, you're going. Yeah. Like, if the Harpies actually did try to catch them and Tantalus dragged them back to camp. Yeah. Like. I mean, I think Tantalus' authority extends however far uh, Dionysus wants it to. Yeah. Um, sorry, not supposed to use names here. Mr. D. Um, and he doesn't care. So, like, I think as long as it doesn't directly get Mr. D punished, he'll let Tantalus do whatever he wants. Yeah. So. I was just curious because of the way that we have, like, Hermes just kind of stepping in and being like, yep, here's your quest. Go do it. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, well, the gods should be able to do that. Yeah. Were it, were it was... Chiron ever allowed to actually send someone on a quest. Yeah. I mean, Hermes is also a rule breaker anyway, so. Okay, fair. <clears throat> God of thieves and tricksters and whatnot, like. Yeah. He'll 
he'll kind of do whatever. So then that's my next question. Uh-huh. And I guess this is more baseless speculation. Okay. We're watching the Percy Jackson show. Mm-hmm. And they've actually put in more of, like, an emphasis or a view of, like, giving us Hermes. Played by Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> which we Natalie totally Hill. recognized in you. <laughs> um, both in, like, the Medusa episode and in the Lotus Hotel episode. And we're building up his character a lot more in this show, which makes leads me to believe that he's going to be a bigger character here. Uh-huh. And knowing what we know from the first book about Luke and the fact that Luke shows up here, do you think that Hermes is actually trying to save Luke by stepping in here? Not probably. Or do you think that he is in some way also being influenced as Ares was and is trying to thwart them by sending them to Luke. Um, the conversation that we had with Hermes in the last chapter makes me think it's the first option yeah. more so. Yeah. That he's, that he's subtly sticking them on the ship with Luke yeah. in a trickstery sense to get what he wants, which is clearing his name of Luke's indiscretion. Yeah. Possibly. Probably. Okay. I had a much less plot relevant and interesting question that I wanted to bring up, but you know, yeah. yours is actually fascinating. Oh, well, <sighs> well, go ahead and bring up your question, and then we can actually start breaking down this chapter. Uh, well, my question was: I, I see there being two possibilities here because they all get on the ship with like fully packed bags, supplies, like they have money this time, et cetera, et cetera. So, did. Hermes just, like, kind of sneak into their cabins and go through their stuff and collect all their clothing and essentials? Or did, like, Hermes, like, take a trip to, like, Olympus Target and just, like, yeah, I guess these things work, um, and pick out a whole new wardrobe for them? Well, they, <laughs> in this chapter, they very specifically have Tyson's tools. Yes. And it's it's obvious that they are Tyson's tools. Okay. So I have a feeling he probably... <laughs> snapped his fingers and a bunch of stuff from their cabins showed up into the duffels without him having to like go in and pick through their underwear yeah i was just curious as to which possibility that was yeah so god. wasn't sure if that was just a god ability like accio clothing um they're not italian <laughs> accio <laughs> Sorry, I went to the Italian school of witchcraft and wizardry. Yeah. Accio clothing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but no, it's when Goddamn Leviosa. <laughs> and then you get the panna cotta. <laughs> Sorry to all of our Italian listeners. That were, uh... Anyway. And then we eat the bruschetta. <laughs> Anyway, shall we actually talk about this chapter since we do have a uh, time restraint? Sure. Okay. But we get some ricotta first. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So we start this chapter with Tyson and Annabeth finding Percy on the shore because they heard Percy yelling for help. Uh, So obviously there was some trickery going on from Hermes to get them there. Mm-hmm. And they have 
the obvious sound of the harpies coming after them. And yes. so they're starting to be like, all right, well, are we going to go? And Annabeth really wants to leave Tyson behind. And like Hermes gave them three bags, including Tyson's tools, which means that Hermes intended for Tyson to go. Yeah. Um, And so it's interesting to see kind of this idea that we still have Annabeth so resistant to Tyson. And this has been longstanding in the book. But she is resistant to Tyson. And we finally have Percy asking the question in his head, like, what does she have against him? Um, But we also have Percy wrestle with the fact that he really, like, would like to stop feeling like he's under the shadow of Tyson, which he's been all, like, I'm going to call it semester, but all camp session so far since he got to camp Uh for this summer because he's literally a monster and walking around at camp full of heroes and is Percy's brother and was claimed by Poseidon and all of these things. Yeah. Um, So yeah, he's a monster and also like we bring up and I think in this chapter how like we're going to the sea of monsters um, and we're trying to track down a giant cyclops with a cyclops. So yeah, Annabeth has plenty of reason to not want to bring a cyclops to go fight a cyclops. I understand that to free um, Grover. But we actually have Percy like coming face to face with it and actually processing it and being like, no, he's coming with us. Yeah. And they're like, cool, great. But um, how are we supposed to get to the ship anyway? Yeah. And Hermes had told Percy to go ahead and ask his father because his father would help. Yeah. And Percy then has to, like, sit there and be like, I don't like asking my father for help by, or praying or whatever we're <laughs> calling this. Who does? And so Percy steps out into the water. And it's just like, um, hey, Dad. And Annabeth is like, could you hurry this up? So three water jet ski trails come fly, flying towards them, basically. Yeah. And there are water horses. Yep. Or fish ponies. Some call them seahorses. Some call them hippocampi. <laughs> do we have a do we have a visual for hippocampi? Did you look that up? Um no, go ahead. Okay, I don't have my phone on me. Okay, I'll go ahead. <laughs> um, all of this artwork is what came up when I actually clicked on the images, and some of these are just really cool looking. Okay. Like this one is like shark inspired, but this seems to be the more common uh, like presentation. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Should stop scrolling before you get into like the furry art. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. So it looks like it's got the head of a horse and instead of a mane has like a fin type thing there. Uh-huh. And the front two legs of the horse that end in actual fins, and then starting from like the rib cage down, has a fish tail. Yeah. So, you know, horse mermaids. Yep. Cool. Anyway, uh, so they, they show up. Mer horses. Yep. They ride the mer horses to the boat. Um, Tyson really enjoys his experience with the merhorse. Yes. Okay, so <sighs> fish ponies, he's so excited. Now, we have already had this kind of established thing where Tyson loves the horses, and the horses are terrified of him because uh-huh. he's a cyclops and they're horse eaters. Yeah. And so we have a similar moment here where it's possible for, like, 
these hippocampi could be terrified and unwilling to let Tyson ride them to begin with. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Poseidon very specifically picked a large one to come and carry Tyson. Like, there yeah. are two smaller ones and one big one yep. to carry Tyson. Yeah. Anyway, so they uh, hop on these guys and they jet out to the boat and they have to climb up one of the, like, service ladders on the side. So put Poseidon's cool with Tyson going. Yeah. <laughs> Hermes is cool with it. Poseidon's cool with it. It's obviously intended that he do the thing and go. Yeah. And yeah, so they get onto the ship. They have to climb up this thing. But before they do, we have a really heart-touching little moment between Tyson and Rainbow. Uh-huh. The hippocampi that he named. Doll. Who's winning and flipping and doing little barrel rolls and giving Tyson just the time of his life. Yeah. To the point where Percy is just like, shh, be quiet. <laughs> As we're trying to climb up the side of a ship. Yeah. And so they get up to the ship and they see nobody. There is no sign of anybody. Like a ghost ship. It feels also, like do a you, ghost ship. Do you, do you feel like the fish ponies come back at some point? Oh, I absolutely think that they do. We wouldn't have named one of them if they don't. And we also have a very specific moment where Percy says, like, maybe you'll get to ride one again. Maybe you'll get to see Rainbow again. And Tyson goes, Tomorrow? And Percy says, I made no promises, uh-huh. but it finally got him to get onto the ladder and climb. Yeah. So I definitely think that Rainbow's coming back at a minimum. <clears throat> um, we can only hope. I I think that that's going to happen, period. I just think it is. Yeah. Anyway, but they get up onto the ship and they, uh, on their way climbing up, they see, or as they're approaching it on the Hippocampi, they see the name of the ship. They also at some point see the mast sculpture which is this ship is called the princess andromeda and there is a sculpture at the front of it of andromeda and we have a brief little uh synopsis from percy which i'm sure is the fully sanitized version Uh of who uh andromeda was yes uh the statue he describes as um or the masthead, I guess, was a three-story tall woman wearing a white Greek chiton sculpted to look as if she were chained to the front of the ship. She was young and beautiful with flowing black hair, but her expression was one of absolute terror. Why anybody would want a screaming princess on the front of their vacation ship, I had no idea. So he remembers from his mother... Uh, that she was chained to a rock by her own parents as a sacrifice to a sea monster. Yeah. And we're going to the Sea of Monsters. As you do. Yep. Um, he speculates about how or why. Maybe she got too many Fs on her report card. Um, anyway, Perseus, mm-hmm. who he is named after, um, was the one that saved her. And we have a little reflection once again of how... Perseus always won and had a happy ending, and that's why his mom named him after him. Yeah. Um, What a weird coincidence. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. (laughs) But that said, uh, Perseus was a son of Zeus, and he, Percy, is a son of Poseidon. Yeah. Did you look in any more to the story of Andromeda or want to discuss any further the story of Andromeda? Uh. Can we have a lore moment with Chris? 
I did not, and I don't have my phone on me once again, so... Um, well, the cent- center part of the story is that her mother was Cleopa- uh, Cleopatra. <laughs> Cassiopeia. Weird. Her mother was Cassiopeia, <laughs> um, who obviously foolishly boasted that she was more beautiful than the Nereids. And, um, you know, that hubris that she had was not acceptable to the gods. We already know, I, I don't know if you know, but Cassiopeia is supposed to be, like, pinned up in the heavens, and that's what the constellation is. is yeah. Her, like, anyway. <clears throat> Andromeda was her daughter, so I don't know the full story there. Yeah. And now I feel really awkward, like I'm not doing my job well. <laughs> it's all good. We can cut all that out. Uh, anyway, so they get on board the ship. Yes. It's abandoned. Seems to be abandoned. They see no one. Yeah. They see everything's closed up. Like, uh, they describe, like, the bar and the restaurant as having a chain curtain in front of it, which is exactly what I picture is correct, but, like, is never a way I would have described the the barrier that goes up around a closed shop. Yeah, that's a a way to put it. Yeah. Like, gate, I don't know. Um yeah, nothing can ever be straightforward, can it? No. Okay. Nope, it can't. It can't just be a boat. Well, they... The boat's never a boat. <laughs> they wander about. Um, they find cabins. Do they find specific cabins that they're led to, or they just find empty cabins and decide to, like, bunk down? Well, when they first get onto the ship, Tyson says there's a bad smell, so he definitely smells monsters. Uh-huh. They walk past the Putt-Putt Golf, a revolving restaurant, and Percy says, I sensed something familiar, something dangerous. Yeah. So they are trying to find a safe place to sleep, and they found an empty suite on the ninth level. The door was open. Cool. So it was open there. They walk in. There's a basket of chocolate goodies on the table. An iced down bottle of sparkling cider on the nightstand. Probably shouldn't eat or drink anything in this ship. And a mint on the pillow with a handwritten note that said, enjoy your cruise. So this is when Annabeth clicks into wise Annabeth mode and goes, don't eat anything. Don't drink anything. Yeah. And they open up their duffel bags. And fortunately, Hermes gave them food. So they've got snacks and they're in the clear. He thought of everything. They don't need to eat or drink anything here. Yeah. So we're on a maybe ghost ship with monsters, and we wander into a room that's already set up, yeah. ready to go, and there's definitely something familiar here and something monstrous here. Yeah. Cool. Tyson starts tinkering with his tools, which he still won't show Percy what he's making, and we're sure it's still going to be a deus ex later. Yeah. And then he passes out. Annabeth goes to the next room. I think it'd be great if it was something completely useless. It's like we we have a reveal at the end of the book, and he's just like been making a jack in the box this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Annabeth goes to the next room and sleeps alone next door, which I would not do on a ghost ship filled with monsters. I would sleep on the floor in the room with the other people that I know. Like I definitely would not go. Sleep alone in another room. Yeah. We wouldn't want to be indecent, though, Kristen. Come on. They're 12. (laughs) They're on a 
quest. Uh-huh. It's safer. Yeah. Why? Why se- don't separate, especially not when sleeping. Yeah. That's vulnerability that you cannot Don't split the party. You don't split the party and you don't <laughs> like have everybody sleep at the same time. Yeah. You take watches. Yes, he was on watch. Uh anyway, Percy has another dream. Yes, he does. Tell us about the dream. So in the dream, Kronos shows up to taunt Percy again. Yes, he's standing at the edge of Tartarus. Yeah. And uh Kronos is just like well, there goes Percy on his way to another great victory, which, mm-hmm. like, is supposed to come off as mocking, but at the same time, like, Percy did win in the first one. Yep. So, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, can't, I, can't, I guess you can't make fun of him for losing. Um, but. He, but he also, like, he says, perhaps this time when you fail, you'll wonder, you'll wonder if it's worthwhile slaving for the gods. And it's like, he didn't fail the first time. Yeah. Like, so. you're saying this time when you fail as if, like, you'll, you'll surely you failed fail this before. One. Yeah. But he's also, yeah, you'll surely fail this time. Yeah. Uh, so Kronos shows up, decides to mock him, uh, show him this image of <clears throat> Grover's bedroom and the I Cyclops think, lair. I don't know if that's what tar- Tartarus, uh, what? Kronos. I don't know if that's Kronos doing that. I think that he had a dream that Kronos was mocking and then he slipped into his connection to Grover. Could be. Well, I think it's like two separate dreams. But go ahead. Yeah. Do you think that Kronos <laughs> is trying to show him? Uh, maybe. I mean, if if if, if Kronos is trying to like get under his skin, that makes sense. Yeah. Being like, yeah, here's here's Grover, and this is this is a impossible timeline that you have. Uh, because the next dream is Grover uh, in the Cyclops' lair. We've cut to him a few times now. And Grover is still delaying uh, the wedding yeah. <laughs> to the Cyclops. <clears throat> um, He's and, wearing a wonderful perfume, Eau de Chevre. Yep. And a uh, purple t-shirt that says World Sheep Expo 2001. T- uh, the Cyclops is. Yep. Not... not grover correct grover is wearing the ode to chevre yeah quote unquote a chevre is what like goat sheep okay cool yeah it's it's goat cool anyway so grover is negotiating about the timeline of finishing like the wedding dress um which she talks to cyclops into that being uh seven days which seven is less than five obviously obviously um so hey look we have a timeline Again, and it's seven days, and it seems like that we had a seven-day timeline in the last book. Oh, okay. Well, in the last dream, we had this kind of established him manipulating the amount of time as much as possible to get Mm -hmm. more time and to convince this thing to, to give him more time. Yeah. So, yes, but also, yeah, it seems like it's another one week timeline kind of thing like the first book, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Grover implores Percy to hurry the heck up and get there, and then Percy wakes up. Um, there is an announcement after the ship's whistle from someone, uh, about them being at sea all day. Um. You were just supposed to talk about the dream. I don't know what, <laughs> what you're doing taking over the plot Okay, there. continue. This was my job. Go ahead. Excuse. 
What does the announcement say? Well, it says, Good morning, passengers. We'll be at sea all day today. Excellent weather for the poolside mambo party. Don't forget Million Dollar Bingo in the Kraken Lounge. Kraken? <laughs> at 1 o'clock. And for our special guests, disemboweling practice on the promenade. That sounds unpleasant. I sat up and what did he say? <laughs> uh, Tyson says... The happy man said bowling practice? We have Annabeth show up with the same question. Disemboweling practice? Uh-huh. Um, so do you think that the special guest is referring to them as the heroes that are going to get disemboweled? Or do you think it's referring to all of the monsters on the ship in general who are going to get to disembowel things? Could go either way. Because is he referring to our special guests as all of the monsters uh-huh. that are on the ship, or are our special guests uh, well, if the victims of well, those monsters? Everybody can't be a special guest, can they? Well, I think the <laughs> monsters are. I think there are normal people on the ship, and that the monsters are also on the ship, and they are using those tranced normal people for disemboweling practice. Okay. That, like, they're basically here to eat people that have been tempted onto the ship that sounds horrifying yeah (laughs) does it yep sounds great anyway but we also have them being like all right we gotta get out of here uh and they start walking around and they finally see actual people and all of them are in a we're on a cruise we are having fun yes we are having a blast we will swim in the pool like very rote very trance-like Everybody yeah. is just kind of, we're having fun. Yeah. Um, do you think there's going to be a Kraken in the pool? Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to the pool, but possibly. Because we keep talking about the pool. It would have to be We've pretty, brought up the pool three times in one chapter. It would have to be a pretty large pool okay. for a Kraken. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know if you could fit a Kraken pool on a cruise ship. I, I Possibly. Okay. Do you think this entire ship is being just, like, followed by a kraken? It's possible. Is the pool the ocean? Uh, is the ocean a pool? <laughs> uh, so we anyway. are enjoying ourselves aboard the Princess Andromeda. Have a nice day, said a crew member. Yeah. Um, I've never been on a cruise. Is this accurate? Um, uh, is it? Why is are you asking me? <laughs> I've never been on a cruise. <laughs> never been on a cruise cool listeners is this accurate to <laughs> what people, it's like to be on a cruise you just walk around saying how much you're enjoying yourself yes, we're enjoying ourselves <laughs> we are having fun uh this also gives me uh lotus hotel vibes yes thousand thousand percent so yeah so we have the ship um and annabeth wants to get off percy wants to get off they walk by the buffet line and see a hellhound in the buffet line and you know they're like all right nobody's seeing this the mist is really intense these people are in a trance this is terrifying percy's almost been killed by a hellhound before uh-huh. and something that was uh, edited out of the show and <laughs> we have really wanted to see a hellhound i'm so disappointed i am disappointed and we have Tyson complaining about the fact that the uh, dog ate all the eggs. Yeah, we should leave. The dog ate all the eggs. Um, <laughs> I hate when that happens. But they hear someone coming, and they duck into a 
storage closet or something. Uh-huh. And they hear a familiar voice. <gasps> Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> is it Luke? I'm a lightning thief. Who <laughs> just happens to be on this ship. And he has some dialogue. Well, first of all. Yeah. Okay, they slip into the girls' restroom. Yeah. And they're hiding from two snake-like things. Yes. With a, yes, a reptilian voice. They say that six more joined us yesterday. And I wonder if that includes the three of them. Like, uh-huh. if they know that they're there yeah. or not. Um, and so they head into the cafeteria laughing. Then they converse. All right, we're in the girls' restroom. We need to get out of here. Like, yeah, I don't want to be in here. No, we mean, I mean off the ship, Percy. Um, and that's when, while they're discussing that, they heard a voice outside. And this is Luke. Wow, we found Luke. We found him. And he is talking with someone called, um, Agrius, or Agrius. Uh Uh-huh. And they are arguing, it seems. Luke is saying that this will pay off. They'll take the bait. Um, so I wonder what they're talking about. There's also reference to a casket. Uh-huh. And with that said, Tyson's like, all right, so we're leaving then? And Annabeth and Percy are both like, no, we got to <sighs> drag Luke back to Mount Olympus if it's the last thing we do. Yep. And should be so, easy. Yeah, should be totally easy. So what do we think he's doing here? Don't know. But he's doing something. There's some kind of casket involved. He's got something going on. Yeah. More mischief and <clears throat> mayhem. Seems like Songs he's probably not also after the fleece. He's probably doing something unrelated. Uh, it does unrelated. seem like he's probably doing something unrelated. Uh-huh. We can hope he's doing something unrelated. And just, you know, sheer coincidence. Everybody finds their way on this ship at some point. Yeah, I think... I think Kronos has some kind of plan going and he might still be using Luke or this might be Luke just out on his own, uh-huh. having been abandoned by Kronos yeah. when he failed to accomplish yeah. the goal. Um, it could be either of those things. Who do you, who's in the casket? Who Who's in the casket? What is the casket? And who's Agrius? Yeah. It's just a very common name. There's at least on Wikipedia, <laughs> there are seven different entries for what Agrius could possibly be. So, could be anybody. Yeah. We have no idea. Cool. All right. Um, so there you go. Yeah. That's, I, I'm glad I did your job. Your turn. Thanks. To do uh, my job. <laughs> uh, so like we said, I mean, I don't think we miss anything. Not a lot really happens in that chapter plot-wise. Like, we, we take the fish ponies. We get on a ship. We discover the ship's full of monsters. Cool. We meet Luke. Yeah. Like, plot-wise, not a lot happens here. Um... Yeah, I think we covered everything. Um, so, shall we go on to our next segment? Yeah, I just trying to figure out if I wrote this quote down correctly. Mm-hmm. All right, do you have a favorite sentence? That's the next segment. Okay. I don't have a favorite sentence. <laughs> Um, 
Your your favorite sentence can just be fish ponies with an exclamation mark. Yeah, let's say that. Uh, so what's yours, Kristen? So my favorite sentence was, if Annabeth and Tyson were actually agreeing about something, I figured I'd better listen. Crazy how that happens. What was yours? Fish ponies. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, cool. So that being said, if we'd like to move on to our last segment. Yes. And in this one, we pick a different perspective uh, from the chapter to write the events of the chapter from. I had okay. one other thing to say before we dive into that. Yeah, go ahead. The mist. The effects of the mist. Uh-huh. Which we've talked a little bit about with the show going on. Yeah. The mist starts affecting Percy as soon as they leave the camp in regard to Tyson, and he starts struggling to see Tyson. Yeah, it's weird, right? Even though he knows exactly what Tyson is. Yeah, because we had, like, kind of the opposite happen with Grover. Yeah. Where he couldn't see what Grover was, and then once he knew what Grover was, he couldn't not see it. Yeah. So Like, the mist no longer affected him. Yeah. But, like, the mist around Tyson is continuous, it seems, like, once he leaves camp. Yeah. Do you think that that's something about him being, like, having a monster's blood in him? Like, that the monsters themselves? But then why would they see the hellhound as not just a giant dog or something, you know? I don't know. I'd like to say it's clever and that, like, you know, there's something going on with Tyson and there's plot reasons. But also I feel like the lore about the mist is wildly inconsistent. Yeah. So I I feel like that's just more of it being wildly inconsistent. Okay. (laughs) All right. Possibly. Probably. Okay. All right. Uh, so our next segment, we do rewrites. We uh, talk about the events of the chapter from somebody else's perspective. Um, we move the camera, as it were. We do move the camera. Uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, you know who I'm telling mine from. Yeah, <laughs> I can go first. I was... I. Is yours good? Because mine's not. Mine's okay. Okay, well then I'll do mine first. <laughs> okay. This is genuinely the least inspired I've been to write a rewrite at all. I mean, there's not a lot of good perspectives in this one. Yeah, because either I'm taking it from the perspective of someone in a trance on the ship, which was my first idea. <laughs> uh-huh. A monster that's on the ship, which yeah. I don't know their intentions. I don't know if they've got free reign and they're, like, attacking people and eating people that are here in the trances. That's the creative part. You can you can decide that. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I didn't want to, like, explore that fully if that's going to color my perspective of how the next chapter goes. Yeah. And then you have, like, the harpies. Like, there, there's no good perspectives to write. Oh, look, we were going to chase them. Oh, look, they're gone. You know, like, so I also did one of the horses. Okay. Um, <laughs> when the Lord Poseidon commanded help to be sent for some heroes, I didn't expect to be selected. I've always been reserved for bigger tasks and never for such noble responsibilities as helping a child of the gods. But Poseidon was clear one of his children would need bigger help. It was a Cyclops child, and I never expected to enjoy being in the presence of someone so feared. But he was pure of heart. He didn't try to eat me, (laughs) and I could feel his joy from the waves. I've never given anyone a ride who enjoyed so much a good showing off and flip or two. This one 
was special. Tyson, he was called, a true son of Poseidon. And I will wear the name he gave me with pride, for I am Rainbow, and I will heed the call for help anytime this young man needs. Cool. There you go. Well, I'm also being Rainbow. <clears throat> I, I specifically <clears throat> asked if you were being Rainbow. Well, I forgot. <laughs> I specifically asked if you were being (laughs) rainbow. It's got to happen at some point. Uh, Anyway. I'm making sure I can fully read mine because I wrote it a while ago. Alright. So here's mine from the perspective of rainbow. Alright. They say the sea is a cruel mistress. But no. It is not the sea. But it's master who is the cruel one. I lead a life of rushing. Of orders. Carrying the warriors of Poseidon to and fro. Messenger. Beast of burden. Steed of war. These are my titles. But no names. I have never been important enough for one, it seems. And so it was for untold decades until this night. This auspicious summer eve. That I meet a simple soul with the heart of a poet. And the joy of the sun. We exchanged few words. Though I feel our bond was beyond that. I have seen the seas of all the world, wonders beyond land dwellers' imaginings, and in my years have become jaded. Yet this child broke me, showing me a simple thing, that wondrous affection which has been all too rare. We may never meet again, Tyson, but for you, I will always be your rainbow. I so, like there you go. There's our uh, different perspectives on, on who Rainbow is as a person. See, I took Rainbow character. to be much more whimsical. <laughs> I feel like, no, I don't usually get to do this. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. You're it's just a, like, this is my jaded, war-torn soul. These are... <laughs> it's a little, uh, a little window into our personalities. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, cool. No, this chapter, that was a rewrite. Anything else you want to add or cover or uncover? Um, I don't know. I think I think that's about it. Cool. Want to take us out? Sure. What are we What are we reading next time? Well, that's part of my taking us out, okay. isn't it? <laughs> it's one of those things that you always spoil uh-huh. for me. Yep. So how about you just wait for my exit strategy? Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today, dear listeners, as we discussed Chapter 8 of The Sea of Monsters. Join us next time as we discuss Chapter 9, I Have the Worst Family Reunion Ever. Until next time, you can follow us on social media and interact with us there at Chronically Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us your fan art of Rainbow the Hippocampi at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon and join our Patreon scholars. And as we watch through the uh, Disney Plus Percy Jackson series with a watch-along episode we're releasing for each of the episodes at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. Thank you again for joining us. And until next time, Never let the hellhound stick his face in the eggs on the buffet. Like, just, just don't. That's what the sneeze guards are for. 
And uh, maybe just don't go on a cruise. <laughs> maybe just don't go. They're bad for the environment. Yeah. They're full of germs Dis- disease. and sickness and monsters. Yep. There's a kraken in the pool. Maybe. And everybody is just in a trance going, we're having such a great time. Yep. We're convincing ourselves we're having fun. Yep. Promise we're having fun. Anyway. Bye. Bye. who love cruises so. <laughs> one of whom will probably be listening to this at some yeah. point <laughs> indeed and when we do we write up a little bullet point summary a bullet point summary as some might call it uh-huh. um, how do we start this podcast Tristan? we do our summaries Sorry. after we do I'm going to redo that because I slurred all of my words in that sentence. You slurred all your slurs? Yeah. Well, the center part of the story is that her mother was Cleopatra. Cleopatra. (laughs) Cassiopeia. Weird. Greek. Chitin? Chitin. Chitin. Wearing a white. And I will. And I will heed the call for help anytime from and I will heed the call for help anytime this young man needs and I will heed the call for help anytime this young man needs <laughs> <laughs>